Welcome to 97.9, The Mulligan. I'm your host, Nine Hole Henry. Joined by my fellow countryman and veteran. He's a good man. We have breakfast every Saturday morning at McDonald's at 6.30 in the morning. What's your name, son? Stevie Shank. You think I'm right, but but then I deviate from the fairway. <laughs> I'm off in the woods. Um, Stevie you Shank? A, you, you shanked it again. Oh, Steven. It's good Steven. to hear your voice. Oh. Can I get some more of that, that peppermint skull? Oh, you went kind of, you went like dirty on it, kind of. I thought, I thought we were. You went like Louisiana. We were, oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's where these links are. That's oh, where this, we're playing 18. I thought we, were, I thought we were playing 18. My bad. Ste- my mistake. Stevie the Shank? Oh, no, I'm Nine Hole Henry. My hip gets sore after nine. I got to I gotta cut out. <laughs> oh, good God. Oh. Um, I should have been uh, uh, Carl Caddy, just like, I'll carry mm. your bags for you. I'll oh, carry your good. emotional baggage, too. <laughs> Stevie Defense Shank is good. Wife. He's in the yeah. woods. He's veering to the. He's yeah. got a slice. He hasn't been worked on since '82. You think I'm? He my just whole lives thing with it like, now. You, he copes with you, it. Yeah, you give me the benefit of the doubt. You think I'm going to work out, and then I just <laughs> then I, I fail you terribly. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> what, Listeners, what was, the ra- what was the radio station called again? Ninety-seven <laughs> nine, the Mulligan. The Mulligan. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Listeners. Listeners, if this is the first time you've ever heard this show, you're in for a treat because, psych, this is not The Mulligan. This is a little show we like to call Bar to Death. <laughs> Bar to Death is a podcast that is all about you guessed it stories each week ryan and i trade being the bards just a fancy word for a medieval storyteller we tell stories starting two weeks ago we launched a new series called the cinema series our first ever collection of stories four stories all around the theme of cinema seeing a movie uh, first episode ryan had an amazing story where he pulled out a screenplay that we tried to write um, of our own movie. So we started strong with a movie that didn't exist called Benjamin and Ben. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's it's truly hilarious and the screenplay is truly horrible. Please go back and listen to Ryan read this screenplay word for word um, or lack of a screenplay, I should say. And uh, second episode last week we talked about Into the Wild. I talked about seeing that, about... Um, the, the crazy things that movie did to me. I broke up with my girlfriend, uh, didn't go to prom. It was like a whole thing. It was super embarrassing. I totally misinterpreted that film. So go check that one out. But for today, Ryan is our bard and he has a story for us um, uh, that has something to do with cinema. So Ryan, you're the bard, my man. You got, you ready to, you queued up with your cinema story, number three? Yeah, this is, um, I was kind of reflecting on, the role that movies play in my life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get anywhere because <laughs> to say they're <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> to say they're important is kind of just silly and uninteresting because everyone likes movies. And if you don't, then get out of my face. That's like asking if I um, like food. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so I started thinking deeper and mm-hmm. I was like, maybe a more interesting question was what role does the movie theater play in my life? And mm-hmm. I think it's only interesting, especially because 
the role of the cinema in society has really been changing these last five years with the rise of Hulu, um, just mm-hmm. movies being streamed from the cloud, downloaded from the cloud, uh, phones, tablets, whatever. So the movies used to be where you go on the weekends. It was this cultural like cathedral. It was the light that all the little moths ran to, flown, flown to, flew to, flew to, <laughs> on the weekends. And we burnt out hard, and it was glorious and sweet. But of course, now uh, movie attendance is waning. Things like Movie Pass are failing, et cetera, et cetera. So ah, I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like who, which if, my who next my, my next cinema story number four is about Movie Pass. So oh yes, <laughs> the, I said the great the greatest invention that never worked. Oh, it really I. I wish I had gotten on board for like that sweet gold rush period. Oh, I had seven months of free movies. It was uh, awesome. I, but I just I was too worried about it crashing, so I never bought the I never bought. Um, yeah, but we, anyway, so okay, yeah. My my whole point of with just riffing through all this context is that the movie theater, the cinema, is really still very important to me, and I love it. And there's no place that can duplicate what it caused me to feel. Um, I love the big IMAX. I like the mm. the Regal Fenway chain. Um, mm. Regal is in Fenway here in Boston, which is where I go. Are I like a, the art are house. A, are you a 3D man? I don't think you are. I'm not a big 3D guy just because me I neither. Get, like, headaches, headaches and stuff. I love IMAX, but 3D freaks me out. It's just it's too much of a gimmick. It's like, do I want to see a movie or like? Do I want an Oculus VR in my face? I want the first, yeah. so that's why I'm at the theater. And I wear glasses, so it's like I, f- I always oh. feel like there needs to be a support group for like glasses wearers in 3D movies. Sure. Just yeah. the dual the dual pair of glasses is rough. Yeah, I just have like perfect vision and blue eyes, so well, I've never had to think about that. Well, but you can go be an Air Force pilot then. Fly but away. I still from- <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I talked with someone the other day. That was like, pretty good. 20- be an Air Force pilot. Fly away from me. Yeah, not bad. It's pretty great. I think we should all agree. Listeners agree. I said I had twenty twenty uh-huh. the other day. My friend, my friend goes, "Oh, I have twenty fifteen. I was like, "No, you, that's not a thing. You don't have magnifying eyes, right?" <laughs> back, back me up. I think I have twenty forty with my glasses on. So I'm happy. <laughs> so I'm happy. They're like my eyes identified a new constellation. All right. All right. Well, we're done here. So, the point is, I love the movie theater. I've loved it my whole life. Um, even though my approach to it has changed a little bit, um, Mm. I still see it out. I love the art house, uncomfortable chairs, beer cup doesn't quite fit in the cup holder. Mm -hmm. It's just a disaster logistically, but it's glorious. So I was thinking about the most memorable experiences I had Mm. ever in a movie theater. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. And so I was like trying to do a top. I love lists. I'm a huge like favorites and lists guy. Mm. Could talk about that stuff all day. So I was like, what are my top five movie memories? Ooh, um, I like it. Going to the cinema. I'm at the theater. You're, what f- you're physically the there? I'm f- I have to physically be at the movie theater. Okay. And I should say, going through this list and what I hope at the end of this episode is that it really caused me to confront uh, my entire relationship with the cinema, movie theaters, and hopefully we get there and we can talk a little bit about that. I, I love it. This is a this is a five for one. Then is what you're telling me. It's a five for one. It's actually five, five micro stories. It's a five with an asterisk because I'm gonna do a little hors d'oeuvres, a little little appetizer, real quick. Okay. Um, I made rules for myself. The five that I chose could only you couldn't be there. 
Oh, okay. So it's not a cobard week. Right. So I, I chose three really memorable ones that you and I experienced. So I'm just going to run through those real quick and then I'll do my list. Okay. So this is not a part of the list. This is just... This is not top five, okay. but this is these are ones that I remember going through with you. What? Um, yeah. All right. So... Um, I have no fir- idea. I'm trying to guess right now and I have nothing. The first was um, when you and I went to Market Street in the Woodlands. Uh-huh. Uh, Friday night, late night show, but I don't know, like 10, 1030, last showing of the night. And we went to see a little indie called Fruitvale Station. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Such a good movie. Oh my gosh. Uh, director of Black Panther, Ryan yes. uh, Kuglin. <laughs> Ryan Kuglin or something like Kuglin, that. Kuglin, I'm close. Clearly, I'm close. we respect we respect directors around here at Bar to Death. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta Google this director. Go ahead. <laughs> this is a movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. This is a film and a half. This is a very important film. Mm-hmm. A recent movie. It's about a real true story about a young black man in Oakland, California. Kugler. I was right. Ryan Kugler. Ryan Kugler, yeah. yeah. And it's just about his last day of life. Also, also just, directed Creed. Yeah, he's yeah. done really important stuff. This was like one of his first. He likes Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan's in this, and he plays the he's lead. He's in all movies, yeah, he's the lead. And it just produced, follows him produced around. Produced by Forrest Whitaker. Okay. It follows him around Oakland, and um, I don't want to spoil it, but long story short, he is unjustly yeah. cut down in his youth. And well, it's, it's a true it's story, a, and we can't spoil it. It's a true it. story. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It was like one of, the uh, first, one of the first uh, deaths, like a cop... White cop, black man. It was on everyone. A lot of people filmed it on cell phone. Yeah, it was like one of the big first ones. Yeah, we don't have to get into it, but okay. effectively, we saw this movie and we were the Os- only Oscar white people. Grant was his name? Sorry. Yeah, yep. we were the only white people in the the crowd. And That's on right. one level, yeah, it was like one of those first moments. This was like I don't know, 13, 2013. Yeah, and yeah. it was like I think on some level we were like giggling at how absurd it was but on another level it was like really foreshadowing of these last five years and it was like mm. yeah we're gonna have to confront some uncomfortable stuff and being yeah. uncomfortable in the movie theater hardly is being uncomfortable but um, yeah yeah definitely yeah. like definitely one of the uh especially in the woodlands you know um a very white town you and i are from suburban town yeah definitely one of those like uh, experiences of wow, we we are the minorities in this room, racial minorities, which did not happen a lot in our hometown. Agreed. No. Agreed, totally. <laughs> okay. It was an important moment. Yeah. Okay. Was, That's a good one. That's a good memorable yeah. one. Um, if I say it was funny, it was funny in like a youthful ignorance kind of way. And then now I look back and I'm like, wow, that was really foreshadowing the mm-hmm. coming years. I think it was funny because like we knew where the story was going. Right. We all knew like, that like. <sighs> Yeah. It was going to be a white cop, and it was yeah. It's just awkward to be in that situation. But I should say, no one made us feel uncomfortable. It was totally mm-hmm. us being self-projected. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, no one even looked at us. No one cared. Yeah. <laughs> All right. These next two appetizers are short and sweet. The second uh, is at your bachelor party. Oh, okay. The day of, we went to see a movie called The Nice Guys. Yes, yes. And uh, this is Russell Crowe. This is a Ryan Gosling flick set in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, to like a buddy, a buddy cop movie, right? Are they cops. Yeah, action yeah. cop comedy. Yeah, comedy, pretty good. Not bad. Yeah, pretty good movie. Not great. And uh, there were like I don't know ten or twelve of us, so we're in this long row in the movie theater. I'm towards the right, I think, with like John 
and Andrew mm-hmm. and it's like it's like my whole my whole my dad my brothers my whole oh yeah ba- yeah this is my bachelor party I wanted to see a movie with everybody that's how much I love the movies too I love it and halfway we're in this like super nice theater with like um oh yeah what do they call the vertical seats like uh, stadium seats yeah yeah recliners yeah and so it's this there's like stairs and this lady I don't know she's like middle age. She's oh, walking yeah. up the stairs halfway through the movie at like a really silent part of the movie, and she just eats it. <laughs> she just takes a tumble. Do you remember this? I do. There's nothing better than a movie theater tumble. She, it's brutal. It's brutal just, to watch. It's brutal. And she, she was, let out the weirdest sound. <laughs> oh, I remember. Oh my god, it was bad. It was so hard not to lose it because we're all we're drinking beers. You know, it's a bachelor party. We're throwing a few back and. This woman just, it's a YouTube video happened right in front of us. And it was hard not to lose it. <laughs> we, it was the, the ultimate the, suppressed like laughter. Nine, nine guys just eating laughter. <laughs> like biting our palms to stop oh laughing. Yeah, and try and help this poor woman. She, go, she gets up and goes, I'm okay. <laughs> and I was just, I felt so I bad for her. I forgot and about I, that. I'm okay. I felt so bad and I was, I couldn't help but laugh. Oh, it's so and I, funny. I felt bad for this. She had just like a veritable like frat sitting, just watching her fall. Yeah. Just a, a peanut gallery. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm okay. <laughs> like no one asked. That might be just, the title of the episode right there. I love it. I'm okay. And then my last appetizer, um, you and me, senior year of college, late night. Oh gosh, I know. With, with we Sam? just, yeah, with Sam. Yeah. We just got the impulse to go see like a horror film called (sighs) The Woman in Black. (laughs) The Woman in Black was terrifying. So bad. It wasn't great either, but it was scary. It got me. There were it was like crazy jump scares. Like there's always a crow coming out of like the cupboard. Yeah, like a narrative that rivaled piranha. (laughs) Like just not great. Weak, weak scares, but they got us. They got us. And it was late and it was dark. Oh, yeah. And seeing a movie, and we were like the only ones there. We, the theater was empty, with Except the exception. Two guys in the very That's back. <laughs> movie ends, end credits. We're just like <laughs> sitting in the middle of the theater, terrified. He's like, ah, mm-hmm. trying to recover because the ending is pretty traumatic. At this point, it's like 1 a.m., too. It was like a 10 30 movie. Yeah, late. Late. And we're sitting there, just like soaking it up, mm-hmm. trying to come back to the real world. And these two guys walk down the stairs and they stop at our row. And one guy looks over us and goes, you guys, your pants. (laughs) That's it. That's the quote. Yeah. And he just like, he said it with like this huge smile on his face. He had a a backwards hat, right? Backwards hat. Backwards hat. This was a bro. This guy was Chad. His name was Chad or Gunther. Max bro. Luke or something. And uh, he were, he he did used to have a shift at Abercrombie and Fitch. Killer Still folder. Does. Killer folder. Um, yeah, that's so great. Did you S your pants? <laughs> just drops it at the end. And we all lost yeah. it. Ryan, my girlfriend at the time and me, it just was, lost it. It was perfect. It was like the perfect thing to come back It was back the perfect from. ending, yeah. I still don't know if he was like sympathizing with us messing with us i have no yeah, idea yeah. i think he just like knew like i think he was like empathizing like he, we were all in the same trench there yeah i hope so but um <laughs> or it was anyway. just yeah a great joke 
um, anyway, those are my my appetizers. I should jump into my list here. Okay, that was wow, that was great. So, yeah. so you're saying that you're not sharing those as an official part of this list because I was there. Correct. Now okay. I'm going to do five of my own experiences. If 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 that rule that you made up didn't exist, mm. where would those three? Would I have made it to one of the top slots? We'll find um, out maybe at the end. Yeah, sure. I guess there's really no stakes for me to say. Well, there's stakes no. for me, right? So I'll just say yeah. <laughs> no one's okay. gonna, no no one's going to know. Okay. Uh, no, they. I'm sure they would have. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, they would have. But <clears throat> so. I'm going to start when I was super young. This is one of my first memories mm. um, of being at the theater. I couldn't have been older than like four, five, six. I was young. And went to the movies, saw this movie called The Indian in the Cupboard. Oh, my, one of my favorites. Classic. Did not age super well. A weird PC title wise. when you just said that. Yeah. The Indian in the cupboard. It's like a white kid keeping an Indian in the cupboard. Doesn't age well. Yeah. And it's kind of like a just like a, a homogenous Indian. It's not he's definitely not from a tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like he's at Coachella. It's <laughs> it's lazy. <laughs> it's lazy. It's like a Cowboys and Indians action figure, right? Yeah. 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 yeah it's bad. Okay. It's like I appreciate I appreciate the gesture to make him a protagonist, but they also made him two inches tall. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely saw this movie once because I I I'm at the theater seeing this movie a second time. Okay. I don't remember with who or what, but I know that this one part, there's like a jump. Like something, I can't remember what it is, if a dog or a mouse, something jumps out of something. Mm. There's some traumatic part and it's like, ah, like that. Because I, I remember sitting there waiting for this moment and I know it's going to come. And I'm trying to prep myself. And it's not like when you're an adult where you can really prep yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, as a five-year-old, I know that this moment is still going to have like a reflexive power over me. It's mm-hmm. still going to control me. And I'm really nervous because I'm sitting there holding a, a huge Coke. <laughs> like just a massive soda. Just 97 ounces. And I'm, I'm, I put it in my lap and I'm holding it. Why not set it on the floor? Didn't think about it. <laughs> I have to hold this Coke, I've decided. Why, why, are, you, why are you not cup holdering it? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they didn't have them. Let's, Maybe host, I was, let's holster this gun. What are you I doing? I did not. <laughs> what are you doing? I didn't assess my options. Oh my God. Such a sure kid it, thing to do to just uh, hold a Coke. No one holds uh, an ice cold Coke anymore. Huge Coke. <laughs> Massive. Sure is this, enough, is this a sta- is this a cherry coke? I gotta ask. I wish I'm I knew, a, man. Okay, all right. It's probably standard. Ir- irrelevant. Okay, go ahead. Sure enough, the mouse jumps out of the yep. the corner or wherever. Yeah. Coke goes flying. <laughs> Just project. Cat- it's coke. like it's like the beginning, the animated part before like the yeah. movie starts, and it's like the roller coaster going through yeah, space, yeah, and there's yeah. like a Coke in space. Zero gravity. Yeah. <laughs> Milk duds, watch out for them. What, so what is it? It's all over you, obviously. It goes all over me, and I just remember having to sit there for like the next hour. Just sticky? Yeah. Fe- feeling like the ground of a movie theater? The floor? Yeah. Oh, just worse. Oh, and couldn't gosh. tell anyone or do anything. And did it? Did it? Was there any fra- any uh, project? Any fragments? Any shrapnel on people <sighs> around you? I don't remember. Okay, that's so. I don't funny. remember. I don't, I don't remember anything. You except went, this you went with a white t shirt that day, just brown. <laughs> mom, mom would have went went with it. I didn't have much agency. 
how 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 old were you in this story? Couldn't have been older than five or six because this was in <laughs> Texas as before I moved. Wow, so. good memory there. Okay, yeah, this like was it. traumatic. Indeed. This was like Indeed an early cover. traumatic. Okay, yeah. is this number five or number one? Uh, I'm just kind of going chron- chronological. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so Chron- now I'm gonna go. I have stories I'm glancing over, like. Yeah, seeing yeah. Titanic when I was eight with my grandpa. Like he took me to see Titanic. A few scenes there I had questions about. We weren't talking about it on the ride. Home. I'll just say that. <laughs> I think I um, want to be an artist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like to draw. I like drawing. All right. So um I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little more serious as we okay. go along. All right. So I'm going chronological and like seriousness. So second story. 2012, The Dark Knight Rises comes oh, yes. out. Yes. Summer. Yeah. Summer. And the local theater was doing a, in anticipation of The Dark Knight Rises premiering at midnight, they were going to air Batman Begins at 8 or whatever, Dark Knight at 10. No, no, Dark no. Ma- it started at 6, buddy. I, I know. It must have, no, it had to start at 6. You're right. They're, they're long. It was like 6. I, I still nine, remember 12. that you did this. That yeah. I was there for the Rises premiere, but I didn't do this with you. I went. We yeah. were with different people, and I literally the other day was talking with somebody. It's probably my wife. I mean, I watched the trilogy last weekend about nice. the fact that you did this. I remember that you. How crazy it was <laughs> that you did this. I love it. Yeah, all yeah, three yeah, in one sitting. Six p.m., nine p.m., twelve a.m. So that's like a six. It's a it's a six to three two thirty in the morning. Two in the morning. We were there. Yeah. So. The runtime well, on the third is the longest. Yeah. So basically, I decide I want to do this, mm-hmm. and I think the reason you and I didn't link up because you were doing it with like your yeah 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 like your Harley yeah yeah, yeah. Womack crew, mm-hmm. and then my buddy Mike from Villanova Greco, was yeah road tripping across the country and was stopping in Houston that night yeah. And like, second thought, <laughs> he's road tripping and he's stopping, and you're like, hey, "I know you've been in your car for twelve hours. I know. You want to come sit in a movie theater for twelve hours? I love it, dude. I feel terrible in retrospect. I saw him this weekend, and, and we actually talked about it. He was, he's still he's, recovering. <laughs> he's got bed sores. Um, <laughs> okay. So Mike and I do this. Oh, gosh, what a terrible friend I am. Anyway, we watch Batman Begins. Great. He also like hasn't eaten, and we're like eating like Skittles and popcorn. He's fresh what? off the road. I didn't know that. He just he just wants like a good meal with a good friend. And I'm like, he's like ha- movies. <laughs> he, he comes out of the car in the parking lot from freaking California, wherever he's coming from, and Brutal. he's got to use the bathroom. You're like, no, no, no time. We got to go straight in <laughs> to he a three hour movie. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> so we we watch both these movies, and then. Dark Knight Rises comes... No, no, it's at the end of The Dark Knight. Oh, my gosh. And this is all in one theater, right? Yeah, this is all in the same theater. 12 hours, And at this point, Heath Ledger's been dead for four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his last movie, The Imaginarium Dr. Parnassus, has already premiered a long time ago. He won the Academy Award. Yeah, Yeah. there's no more Heath Ledger movies. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to be on movie theaters anymore. No. Except tonight he is, because they're re-airing The Dark Knight. So... At the very end of the Dark Knight, with the Joker hanging upside down, we all know this is the last time Heath Ledger's gonna gonna be on the silver screen. Anywhere. Anywhere. Now, who knows? Maybe they do like 10 Things I Hate About You midnight showing in an art house, you know, in Greenwich. I don't know. But the point is, this was this felt like one last goodbye to Heath. 
Oh, that's so cool. And the scene ends, and this you guy... Eating a, oh, sorry. Were you eating a heat bar? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> idiot. I'm sorry. The scene ends, and this guy stands up in the theater. Movie's still going on. Dark Knight, not over. So so let me let me get... So the scene is he's hanging from the building, right? This is what happens when an impossible force. It's an immovable yeah. object, and he's upside down, right? Yeah, that was a good asthmatic Heath Ledger. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Where's my inhaler? <laughs> my, Some I, people I guess, just want to watch the world inhale. I think, I think my Heath Ledger impression would just be E O A E A E. Aha. 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 All right. So what happens? This hit guy me, on, stands me, up in the movie theater, movie's still going, and yells, Let's hear it for Heath. <laughs> That was me. I was in the theater with you. <laughs> and he starts clapping. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. He starts clapping mid-movie? Let's hear it for Heath. Oh, I love it. And call. I'm like, I'm ready to go in. For some reason, I'm feeling super emotional. I'm like, let's close this loop. Let's put the period on the end of the sentence. No one. No one claps? claps? No one. Oh, the, lo- the, the true dark night. <laughs> The hero we needed, not the, the hero, one we deserved. Not the one we deserved. He tried to slow clap Heath and no one jumped in. Not only did no one jump in, this guy says, shut up. <laughs> Someone stops him. Someone vetoes the Heath sign off. Oh, that's so good. And I was like, I felt like the good Samaritan that did not cross the seat, the street. I didn't come to his aid. That's so funny. Were you going to clap? Were you feeling like an inclination? If the momentum was there, I would have done it, but clearly it never took off. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I remember that. That's great. That's hilarious. Yeah, Mike and I went to uh, Whataburger after that, got honey butter chicken biscuits at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. It was great. Oh, Mike. Mike. (laughs) So so then... um, so also that year, like a little later that year, I was living Sorry, in Napa. Number, th- number three. Number three. Tw- 2012? Year, 2012. We're uh-huh. talking late 12. I'm living in Napa, CA, home of the wine bottle. <laughs> Grapes. Um, I'm living there and <coughs> had a few visitors. Shout mm-hmm. out, Zach. Uh, shout out my dad. Shout out Mike. Shout okay. out. Okay. Whataburger. Um, <laughs> Whatab- no Whataburger. They have In-N-Out. In-N-Out good. Okay. I do remember you picked me up when I flew back from Cali, so that was nice of you. Oh. Yeah. No problem. Uber wasn't invented yet, so. No, I, I definitely would have. Friendship points. <laughs> um, so uh, my then-girlfriend visits me mm. and trying to think of stuff to do. So there's a cool art house cinema in Sonoma. Sonoma is a town adjacent to Napa, another wine town. It's right next to William. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then on the other side is uh, a cutting board and then a panini press. <laughs> that you can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> that you buy for your mom. That's, that's copper. <laughs> All right. So dinner and a movie, that's mm-hmm. what we'll do. And there's a movie out that I really want to see, actually. Great. Mm. We're not even having to force it. It's called Sleepwalk With Me. Oh, It's a film by Mike Birbiglia, stand-up comedian, hilarious comedian. One of my favorite. You showed me this film. 
I might have. It's Wa- believable once, that I would have showed you a good film. You yeah. did. We watched it in Nantucket, I think, in your basement. Yeah, yeah, I think we did. Um, it won Sundance, right? Something probably. Yeah, won Sundance. Pretty sure. Yeah, fantastic movie. Mm. So we go to see it. And I, I've actually already seen it at this point. I went. I went to the cinema a lot because mm. reasons I'll get to. Okay. So we go to see it and you ever, it's like when you show someone a song and you're like, this song's going to be great. And you watch them listen to it and you're like, oh no, this song is either not good or it's not, what did, why did I think they would like it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You start trying to like backpedal. Well, it's not like one of my favorite. It's one of my favorites. I mean, it's, not it's my a favorite. song. It's not it's like a- my favorite song. <laughs> it definitely exists. It's not for every, I actually hate it. I've never heard this song before. I was thinking of a different one. Okay. Um, so the, the, the kind of wrench in the gears happens when halfway through the movie, the main character, who is a comedian who's like traveling a lot, it's revealed that he's cheating on his girlfriend and like calling her every night and lying to her. That's right. And the movie ends and... We we had also eaten dinner at like some jazz club and dinner was like like slow to get to the table. Dinner was slow to come out. And so I like rushed dinner to go see the, like we gotta go see this movie. We gotta go. We gotta go. It's gonna start soon. <laughs> and you've already seen it. And she knows I've already that. Seen it. And I'm like, oh, it's a great movie. Movie ends, get in the car to go home. And I'm like, man, yeah. what a movie. And just something's off. <laughs> yeah, she's upset off. because She's like, why didn't he just break up with her instead of just like cheating on her for this protracted time period? And then it clicks and me like, uh, bad, <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> oh, Did not man. think this. And it was a classic like, of course it. a man is going to love this movie. Yes. And then just, you don't think that this lead character is despicable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Night yep. ruined, terrible idea. I take back what I said about the movie. It's a horrible movie. It's really offensive. From henceforth, if I show anyone anything, song, movie, <laughs> book, I run through that thing like I am them to see if they like it. Oh, interesting. Still fail a lot. But some, people, some people call that empathy. No, no, no. Learned. <laughs> it was learned. That's a great... I do love that movie, and I do think that that movie is <sighs> it's great. It's just like... Dude, it's you showing your wife office space. It's like... This movie's great. Yeah. And then someone else from a different worldview yeah, sees yeah, yeah. it and is like, this movie is... I understand why you like it as a white man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Memory number four. Number four. I have become more of... I've become a more assertive person as I've aged. Okay. I used to be passive, taciturn. Now, I fancy myself on being argumentative and confrontational. <laughs> it really, I don't enjoy anything. If I leave the house, I suffer. I'm not happy if I'm around people, but I do it because I always, I always find something to be upset about. It's my sure. worst trait. Worst trait. <laughs> okay. So, and sometimes it's justified. <clears throat> Because I go to see, like, uh, a couple Christmases ago, I go to see Manchester by the Sea with my family. Oh, my gosh. Nice and dark. <laughs> you go with your family? That is not uh, a family movie. No, just my parents. My parents, I'm sorry. Oh, easily in my top five. Oh. Hell so good. 
so a powerful film and a half the parking lot scene when when he runs into Michelle Williams and oh my they're God. both she got just, an she won an Oscar she's in the movie for like 12 they both, minutes they both won that Oscar yeah okay yes yeah they both won the Oscar but i mean she won best supporting and she's in the movie for 12 minutes yeah it's so we're seeing this movie okay and you're with your parents with my parents packed packed theater yeah yeah it was packed i saw this i saw this the same at the same time like christmas yeah. last year absolutely packed <clears throat> so good amazing lady in front of me older woman mm-hmm. 60s 70s i don't know she's up there texting Ooh. Ooh. ryan no, no likey no 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 and not only is she texting, she's got the screen. Max, oh, max. max brightness. Oh, the brightness is brutal. But at least pull it down. This is a solar for eclipse. your for your cornea's sake. Just I'm worried about your eyes oh here. Oh my god, Nancy, it's is blinding. It's so, and I can see her font. I know it's like the larger font. <laughs> it's, the whole thing is upsetting to me. Oh, Nance, I feel so bad for Nance. Oh, there's a family emergency happening. We've got, I, I hope there we've, is. We've, we've got an IMDb critic behind her. I want like her husband to be kidnapped and the oh ransom. Like you have an hour to pay me. <laughs> oh my god! And here's the Bitcoin because <laughs> I like to immerse myself. It's why I go to the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm losing it. I'm like a. I'm. A, there's a Thoreau quote. <laughs> what is it? He says. Most men go through life in quiet desperation. <laughs> That's so you. I'm boiling. I'm, yeah. I'm quietly desperate. You've always been desperate. I always and, and hey, I'm a merciful guy. I give I give her a few. I'm a merciful. Hey, there's a few looks. That's okay. Wait, wait, but she's in front of you. How is she seeing your looks? No, like I give her a few looks okay. on the phone. Okay. Before I I'm it's not like on you know, yeah. first glance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm not, like a bar- I'm not a barbarian. Yeah. But that whole David Foster Walsh, this is water. Hey, consider the possibility that the person <laughs> next to you might be going through something tough. That evaporates after like the third like eye grenade. You're the person who's going through something tough now. Um, now they're impeding upon my Manchester by the sea experience. Which that is not a move. That's a full focus movie. I'm in. You want to immerse. You want to immerse that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I tap her on the shoulder. Mm, Tap, tap, tap tap-a-roo. The old tap, tap, tap (laughs) tappy. She turns around, just terrified. Oh, no. She says, she just looks at me with her big eyes, and I said... Which which I just want to point out, in a movie theater, the entire design of this place is to look forward, right? Stadium so seating, the, uh, everything yeah. about it's dark. Everything about this is you face forward. So to turn around in a movie theater, which I've had to do a few times in my life, is a just a horribly awkward. It just feels wrong to do it. Jarring. It's jarring. jarring. So she turns around, and she just looks at me, and I said, "Take it outside," <laughs> which is. Really like a dad thing to say. That's so dad. That's dad like, arm hair, dad rage. I love it. My is my my first dad. This is moment. nice said, batteries all over again. Take it outside. Take it outside. And she says I have to. <laughs> like <laughs> That's it. Like 
I have to look at my phone. That's yeah. what she was saying. You're like, yes, you do have to take it outside. You have to take it outside. And I realize it's not, and not just in this moment, it's not just young people who are addicted to their phone. Everyone is addicted to their phone. Okay, but that could have meant that there was an emergency, right? That could have meant a lot of different things. I have to, like my husband. Here's my, my counter argument. I'm sorry, if there's a legitimate emergency, don't be in a movie theater. Are you yeah, really trying to true. like escape just, just your husband's out. like quadruple bypass by watching Manchester by the Sea? Bad, bad plan. Also a bad going. escape plan. Manchester <laughs> by the Sea is dark enough. Choose Fantastic Mr. Fox. I choose something else. I have to. I have to. I'm okay. I'm okay. And this is also my first mom moment because I'm like, I will go seek the authorities. <laughs> you tell her this? Yeah, I said, Oh, I'll I just go, got chills. I'll go seek I will, the authorities. And by authorities, I, I mean a 17-year-old who hates his job, <laughs> who's like smoking weed behind the theater. Yeah. <laughs> I will go get the guy. If The authorities. Me. And the people at the movies are not the authorities. You said the authority? Yeah, this is like the least authoritative place. <laughs> There's no crime being committed. The authorities are the cops. I'll go see the authorities. So what does she say? She turns around, puts her phone away, never takes it out for the rest of the movie. Wow, that is a hero. You're a hero. I say my day. book. You're the guy I- that, plugs, that, that unplugs the Wi-Fi router, resets it, plugs it back in. Heck yeah. I've done this a few times. Not just a cell phone. I've done it with people who brought like Tupperware to the movies. It's like the coffee shop and the movie theater. Don't bring Tupperware. Don't bring Tupperware. You, you go eat it elsewhere. <laughs> the snack just, police. I love it. Honestly, I, I sneak stuff in, but it's handhelds, you know, by respect. <laughs> if I'm going to, you know, there's a way to break the rules. And that's not it. Mozart broke counterpoint in it's a very garbage. specific way. <laughs> Dude, that's hysterical. You are. Did you start Alamo Draft House? Because they have those those intro things about do not talk or text. You will be uh, ejected from the theater, which I love. Alamo is my sanctuary. Except I don't know if all movies need you need to be like eating a meal in front of. There's some movies where you probably should not be eating. Well, you don't have to. I know, but then like the guy next to you, you can okay. smell the fried pickles and. Yeah, that, that's me. I'm the guy next to you, just popping pickles. Yeah, I watched a movie. I ate during like American Sniper, and it was like questionable, yeah. nauseating. Yeah. yeah, that's a great story. So, okay, so you, so your parent, did your parents say anything about that, Charlie and Sharon? I think no. I think that I got the like nod of approval from my dad. Ooh. He's like, like he was nice passing job. the torch. He's like, go for it. Take He's passing down. the torch. Take her down. <laughs> Cut her it. down. <laughs> Cut her down. The passing of the torch in your family is the uh, the. Oh, I love it. <laughs> It was like the that Green Goblin getting it from Willem Dafoe. The Hobgoblin. Like, yeah. The company is yours. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man must pay. Oscorp. I love yeah. Spider-Man. It was Oscorp. Pay. That's so funny. A that, moody that me, James That really Franco. made me laugh. Oh, um, man. <laughs> just That's well done. All right. That was a strong fin- four. Final. Oh, the final. Final one, and I think it's probably the most serious one. Okay. When I lived in California, I'm I'm going back to California here. I didn't really know anyone. My buddy Mike lived a couple hours south, so I couldn't really hang out with him often. Mm-hmm. Met some friends and stuff, but 
my like second or third week in Cali, I got in like a super bad bicycle accident. And that's a whole other story. Mm. But I was basically like unable to bike. I would go shoot hoops. I unable to shoot hoops. Um, I was pretty messed up. And mm. like it was pretty bad road rash. And road rash is like typically not very centralized. So it's like legs, mm-hmm. chest, arms. And it was just like, I not only was living somewhere where I didn't really know anyone, but I was like kind of physically out of commish. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I couldn't even go make friends the traditional ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't go really like drink or anything. Yeah. I'm like popping Advil and like changing bandages. Yeah. And that's bleak. Yeah, it was intense. So I did okay for a bit, but then I think by like by like week three after post injury, I was definitely feeling like I had made a mistake. Like I shouldn't have moved here. I should have never been biking. I messed up huge. It was post college. So it's kinda of got that like post college mm-hmm. sense of aimlessness. Yeah. Um, didn't like slide straight into a career after college. Like I did Prague and did the backpacking thing and went to Cali. And so I was feeling pretty down and I would work at this museum, but only some days and I would work. I got a job at J crew, but again, only some days. So there'd be some days where I wake up and have nothing to do, mm. which is a, when you're young, it's like a dream. You're a, a curator, right, in a museum? I did a few things. I was like in collections. And <laughs> I did a few things. You're like taking tickets for kids <laughs> for the dinosaur exhibit. I, you know, I dabbled. <laughs> you're Ryan, clean up on aisle five. 17 year olds are boss. Again. <laughs> Again. So I did a few things. So some days I would wake up and have nothing to do. And it's like, a re- it would really be like confronting despair because when you're again when you have nothing to do in college it's great you hang out with your friends before college you you live at home you Mm -hmm. watch tv you hang around whatever but now i like don't have anything to do you have no you have no like orienting yeah like school and no no one to do it with yeah Mm -hmm. so i would just like watch a ton of movies i love because I realized throughout a lot of my stories... Movies are my friends. <laughs> sorry. A lot of my stories <clears throat> that I've... I'm not crying. I just have a cold. <laughs> this is the cinema series getting emotional. I like it. I'm really not crying. I really just have a cold. <laughs> I got you. Listeners, you can't see this, but Ryan is he's, crying on Skype. He's tearing up. <laughs> some stories I've told and some I haven't. I would often go to the movies to escape, to be alone, to escape the world. I'd like dipped out of work before, etc. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I'm going to the movies to be around people and to be, even if it's virtual, to be around stories, to be around characters. Mm. And so I would go to movies a lot and it definitely started like costing more money, obviously. Mm-hmm. And in California, and yeah. It wasn't, wasn't exactly bringing in the old Gouda around this time. <laughs> so I would start going to double features, but I would only pay for one. Oh. Oh, you just compromised the integrity of the podcast. Uh, You're going to get it shut down. Oh, they're hardcore, coming to collect. Regal, six oh, years. Dude, they're going to notice. I've never done it. They're going to notice a gap in the books from fall 2012. Oh, you did. You had, your own movie, you had your own movie pass. 
And the only way to do it is to go to the bathroom and just wait there. Just and you have to out. like time it well. You have to like, be like, okay, Argo starts at this time. And then I got 30 <laughs> minutes to kill before Perks would be in a wallflower. And that's not too bad. I think I can do it. And this is the day during the weekday. And there aren't that many people there. And so I really do have to hide. It's not like I can just like stand there. It's not crowded. <laughs> so I saw Argo and I remember tearing up during Argo. Like that's how like of emotional wreck I was at this point. Like yeah. wh- who's tearing up during Argo? Who hides in a bathroom to see? Right, that's not the important part. <laughs> Back to Argo. I thought you said the book wasn't yours. <laughs> Best picture winner. Yeah. Ben Affleck. It's good. Argo it's a good movie. I go to the bathroom. I go in the stall. I shut the door. <laughs> Lift your feet off the ground. <laughs> I'm paranoid. You're I paranoid? Everyone who comes in, I'm, I, I expect is the manager. And I think they're going to come find me. This guy walks in. I see his shoes. He stops in front of my stall. Oh, no. Now, he's not facing my stall, but he stops in front of it. And I know he works here because he's got keys jingling like a janitor. Yeah. He sounds like he's about to open up the basketball court for the kids after school. Oh, gosh. And his radio's going off, like, code red. And I think he's about to open the door. He's a cop. <laughs> like, arrest me. And I'm like, oh, I've never wanted to have diarrhea more. I'm like, I need, <laughs> I need something authentic to convince him that I'm, I need to be in this stall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And radio goes off. And then it goes silent. And he turns around and he leaves. What? And I have no idea why he was in there. Time passes. I sprint back. I go see Perks being a wallflower. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't learn. I still did it. I still... You stole. I stole. Yeah, you're a stealer. You're a thief. Pittsburgh stealer. You're a criminal. Playoff run. (laughs) And uh, I've actually got just, my, my uncle James. He's a cop. He's phoning in right now to talk with you. I've got him on the other line. Here he is. I uncle would James. do this a few times. I haven't done it since, but I would do it because I really just wanted to like a be around people, but b not think about things. I just wanted to like escape, and the only way to do that was to go to the movies. Mm. And then my buddy Zach came and visited, and we actually did a double feature. <laughs> we saw Lincoln and. Uh, Ooh, that's uh, a t- that's tough. That's a long ma- one. Yeah, and then maybe like Silver Lang's playbook. I or love something. that you have this like fun, whimsical name for stealing. We did a double feature. <laughs> we double featured. A, we double featured it. <laughs> we bang banged. We dined and dashed. <laughs> no, we actually we didn't because after Lincoln, he was like, "I want to go like get like let's step out for air," and I was like, "Yeah, but then we'll have to pay." And he's like, "Yeah, okay, like that's what you do if you see two <laughs> movies," and I was like. Yeah, I'll I should just probably hide in the not. Bathroom. <laughs> I should probably not do this anymore. This is a bad idea. <laughs> this is bad. That's so good. <laughs> but thinking back, it does cause me to reflect on like the importance of the movie theater mm. and this like weird space that it occupies and this warmth that it provided, even if it's like virtual or um, like a, a a proxy. Yeah. It it still was real in a time of need to me, and it still made me feel less lonely, which I think is worth something. Mm. It was so real to you that you decided to steal from it? I just want to get this right. 
No, I'm just thinking no, about. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm no, messing with no. you. <laughs> you just like have this, you have this beautiful poetic thing, and you're like yeah, tell, telling us about how you stole from it. This cracks me up. Who hasn't done a double feature? Let me just throw that one out in their life. Someone in the crowd better have. <laughs> I actually don't know that I have. There was one time I remember my friends did it, and I got scared, and I ran out and paid for mine. Really? Yeah, nice. I, I, I just good. well, that was more of just guilty. I, I can't do guilt. I don't do guilt well. Sure. Oh man, dude! Clearly, I do it well enough to get away with it. <laughs> That's a good. Those are five great stories. Those all could yeah. have stood on their own, honestly. As is, I don't know is what a my lot. favorite is. They bounce around. They're all kind of different. I think the last um, one's really beautiful. I'll just say too, like, man, the movies. Is there any better place than a movie theater? No. Nah, if you can, if you're lucky enough where you can truly like immerse and escape, <sighs> I think going to the movies is really special. It's one of the last vestiges of like you just cannot be on your phone. Yeah, and it sucks because you're you are at the mercy of the other people there. Like you mm-hmm. need them to like respect the film and be quiet. Yeah, and it sucks when it doesn't work, and just like someone ruins it. Yeah. But w- when it does work, it's it's memorable. And um, I- I've been in movies before that had like a rambunctious crowd, a rambunctious audience that made the experience for me. Sh- yeah, if the, yeah, like yeah. horror movies, and you know, like Heck if there's like yeah. an interactive crowd, and it's like that type of movie, a comedy, like that makes it. Yeah, absolutely. I remember like seeing Free Solo, like just recently, like the crowd. You could like feel the tension in the crowd sure i remember going to the movies to see free solo <laughs> that was yeah i thought you were gonna <laughs> not that seeing one. it yeah. dude yeah wow beautiful stories um all right so just to recap you have the uh indian in the cupboard was the first around age five yeah put your um, drink on the floor put your drink on the floor yeah the coat coat gate coat gate of uh 99 yeah um the second one was 2012 um Let's hear it for Heath. <laughs> Let's hear it for <laughs> Heath. Might need to be and the title of this episode. That guy's still clapping. That somewhere. guy's still clapping. He's listening to this podcast. I'm going to phone him in right now. Um, yeah, number three ears. was late 2012, um, and this was Dark Knight Rises, right? Number number two was that. Number three was uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was Dark Knight. Right, yeah. Me making a terrible decision to show my then girlfriend a movie about <laughs> oh, a long distance right. relationship that is failing. Because he's cheating on her. And, yeah. Uh, Your long distance girlfriend. Yeah, that's right. Not super reassuring. So <laughs> think about everything you show everyone all the time. Better yet, probably don't give recommendations in this yeah, day and age. We got recommend. enough content. We got Nettie. We got Spotty. Don't tell us. We we're got good. Nettie and Spotty. We don't need your content. Uh, number four, Manchester by the Sea. Take it outside. That's also a great quote. Um, number five, California. Hiding in the bathroom stall. They're out to get you paranoid uh and you survived the double feature i cried during both those movies though perks being wallflower and argo i definitely teared up argo Um, into perks that's a that's a heck of a double header oh yeah it was heavy and uh i don't know i remember just feeling like sad and happy and lonely and you know accompanied and uh, it was everything oh man but then leaving the movies left me feeling really i was like man i have to go back and be alone now i don't know it was I don't know if I'll, I, I hope I'm never there again. And I hope no one listening is there because it's not, being lonely is obviously one of the worst things in the world. And um, the movies offered me a respite for a brief mm. moment. And um, 
That, was, that, was, yeah. Let me let me pause you right there. What do you? I mean, that's my question for you. We ask it a lot. What did you learn from these five stories? What's the common thread? What, what's your takeaway here, Rye? Yeah, I guess there's like a uh, it's a tension in my relationship with movies, going mm. to the movies, watching them at home. There's this like contradiction, and the contradiction is that I want to be alone. I want to be left alone to be with moving pictures. Mm. But I also really want to be a part of something else that does involve real people. And sometimes yeah. that's sitting in a theater, experiencing something with other people, people you went with, friends, mm. strangers even. There's something cool when it's you and two other people in the cinema and everyone's there alone. There's like this cool bonding thing. Mm. I want to see movies so I can talk about them with other people, so I can read about them, read what other people think about them. Um, mm. So it's not just pure escapism it's not purely a solitary act and i can call it nothing else than a contradiction and it's a glorious contradiction and one i'm really glad that we have in our life mm. and it's it's it has literally made me feel less alone in times of despair and while i hope again i hope i don't go back to that ever hope i never have to rely on movies like that again um it's nice to know that they're there for us um, mm. and that while I would never advocate living one's life virtually, um, it's nice to take a break. Mm. And it's, to quote up in the air, a movie, life's better with company. So if you're going to take a break, why not do it with loved ones, you know? Mm. Wow, well said. Well said, my friend. And too, like, it's not just that movies are escapism. Like, I can't be... You know, like that, like the do, the power of documentary filmmaking can't be understated. I mean, well, that's yeah, yeah. I, it's I, confrontation. I was, oh, for sure. Like I was just talking about. Um, some, we were talking about true crime. You know, I was having dinner with some friends. We were talking about true crime and making of murder, and you know these shows that. And I, t- I talked to them about Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost is this like trilogy of HBO documentaries that a lot most people don't know about, which is surprising because they were all on HBO and. The first one is—it's about the West Memphis Three. Very, yeah, great like, doc. <laughs> no, I've seen it. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, they, doc. they play yeah. Metallica music. Yes, that's right. That's right. First one is like during the court case of these like three nineteen-year-olds who get this murder gets pegged on them in this like kind of conservative Christian town, and I think it's in Arkansas. Like. Yeah. yeah, like second one is like seven years later when they appeal. And then the third one is, you know, when they're trying to get out of jail. And it's just like this, it's one of like the first wrongful conviction uh, stories that was filmed. And it was like before the internet and the support groups started being formed. And they like, one of the groups, because they saw this movie, like people were so inspired that they like donated money and they got like the lead guy a lawyer. He didn't have a lawyer. And they got him out of jail on like a wrongful conviction after like 20 years. And it's like a movie did that. Yeah. Like if something is like the things that like, like, Oh, like I'd rather read the, the, I'd rather watch the movies than the book. Like good. Thank God. Because sometimes like movies do things that books can't. Yeah. And my God, I love movies. <laughs> Dude, yeah. They've... I'm with you. I love this. I loved your stories because I'm just like, I've been there. I mean, I've been in the bathroom stall, like avoiding life. Not at the movie yeah. theater. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Like I've, I've seen perks. I've seen our, you know, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's yeah. 
And I, again, I want to keep the focus of, of this episode is really on going to the movies. And yes, I guess of course, of course. It is, it is, it's not a lost art. They're never going to go away, cinemas, but it's a changing thing. And they might, they might go away. They're, they're struggling. Maybe. I hope not. Um, I sure hope not. Well, if you stop double featuring, they might not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're overpriced to begin with. So they're incredibly overpriced. Um, <laughs> they actually only but, make money on concessions. Yeah, True story. Speak of overpriced, yeah. But there's nothing like that movie pop. You walk in, you smell it. Yep. And if you can get like a beer, I mean, oh my gosh. Movies have, have adapted, I think, in ways that means they will persist. Yeah, where the but, recliners are key. Yeah. Reserve yeah, seating. There's just something about going to sit in a dark, cold room with a couple of strangers and watch and like just mm-hmm. watching a story together. And then when it's done well, it's just this beautiful act of community. Mm-hmm. Even if it just is ephemeral, even if it, it lives and dies within the frames of the film. If it, mm-hmm. It's okay if it lasts for two hours and 15 minutes. I think it's still beautiful. It's mm-hmm. still valuable. It's still powerful. So, Yeah. Well said. Know. Well said, my friend. Man, wow. That was awesome. Listeners, you heard it from Bard Ryan here. Movies. If you have an interesting, fun, quirky, original, something interesting happened while you're going to the movies, uh, we want to hear about it. Please tell us about it and we will share it if it's good. And we, we're curious. Uh, email us, connectedbartodeath.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Hit us up. Next week, we're going to be closing out the series. I'll be telling a story about a movie going experience that I had. Um, that was a terrifying movie going experience is not, this one's not for the faint of heart. It was a, um, truly, uh, felt like a life threatening situation. And, um, yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. So stay with us. We'll be closing out the cinema series. All right, friends till next time. be back next Monday with a fresh story that you won't want to miss. So don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or our website, bardtodeath.com. And if you're really vibing us, consider writing us a review in the iTunes store. Have a story of your own that you'd like to share with Ryan and I? Email it to us at connect at bardtodeath.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Our outro music is graciously provided by Ryan's band, We Are Tall Boys. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. Until next time, we hope our story in some way helps you find the humor, beauty, and truth in your own story. I'm Colin Apshapair, and this has been Bard to Death. There's war and there's nature. What's it for, legislator, when my thoughts are so obscene? There's peace in your headlights, the mother's got seven daughters and sons, each one is a struggle.